This is one of those passages of scripture that makes you wonder, maybe I don't want to follow Jesus after all. This is hard stuff. Not easy to interpret or to digest. And so, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll be Buddhist instead. I don't know much about Buddhism. I do know that I have friends that are Buddhists, and in our conversations, some of the teachings that they share with me help me open the Gospels in new ways and see those universal truths that we all share, and even what it is that Jesus is teaching. But I wonder how it is that Buddhism addresses issues such as social change, led by religion or other societal matters. That's what Jesus is addressing in our gospel lesson today. He is talking about what it is that's taking place in the world as the disciples will await his coming. Now the Gospel of Matthew was written around 70 AD, some 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And at the time of its writing, there was great turmoil in Jerusalem. The temple had been destroyed and this caused great political unrest in Jerusalem. And so it was that the followers of Jesus were finding their way of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus post-temple destruction in the strife that was being known in that place. The writer of Matthew is aware of this tension and pulls together teachings of Jesus that he hopes will address the reality of that time and place. The audience to which the gospel is written is largely Jewish. And so you see throughout the gospel references to the law, to the Torah, to the prophets, all things which a Jewish audience would know. And the gospel writer wants to remind us of what Jesus is doing even in the uncertain times. And so we hear Jesus' teachings to those periods of time that are filled with strife and conflict and the attempt to bring about a new reality that reflects the goodness of God. My New Testament professor in seminary, Dr. Deidre Good, who still teaches at General Theological Seminary and I think is even the Dean of Students now, brought to my attention how it is that the divisions take place in this gospel lesson. You may or may not have noticed that the divisions are along generational lines. A son in strife with his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. All of this tension is along generational lines. And you and I know from experience that as new things are coming about, that is often where the tension falls. You have the first generation who has found a way to live in faithfulness, and yet new things are happening, and the generation that follows them says, we need to do things a little differently. And therein lies the heated debate and argument about what it means to be faithful in this religious realm, in this current reality. Each of us knows that from our own experience. And it may be why religion and politics aren't discussed at Thanksgiving because we know that they're not easy conversations to have. I'm reminded of some examples of that in our own national history. And I want to share with you one of my favorite fun facts about Ridgefield 
is that Alice Paul lived the second half of her life in this town. Alice Paul, you might remember, led the efforts for women's right to vote. And it was in the 30s that she was working toward this, or maybe it was the 20s. Nonetheless, it was in the beginning of the 20th century. She took issue with the political realm and stated that if a nation that didn't allow half of its population to vote was like some of those very nations that they thought themselves to be most different from. And this made angry the political leadership. So angry that she was imprisoned. And when she was in prison, she went on a hunger strike in order to make her point known that women should be given the right to vote. And during her time on her hunger strike, she was force-fed raw egg, which only magnified the tension that was the reality. Well, thanks to Alice Paul and many others that followed her leadership, women do have the right to vote. And that set in motion all kinds of things in the 20th century. Any of you that were young adults in the 60s remember the debates among society about how it should be. And you probably recall that many of them fell along generational lines. I feel like I stand on the shoulders of those that argued those matters. It was because of their hard efforts through their literal suffering that I'm here to be in your midst in my role as a priest. This is the kind of thing that Jesus is addressing in the teachings that are highlighted in our gospel lesson today. That to bring about the new kingdom is not an easy thing. And we do feel that tension and strife. And we do see division. And we wonder how it is we are to navigate it. After 8 o'clock worship this morning, someone who does know more about Buddhism than me filled me in on a couple helpful tips. And he said to me, you know, Buddhism does emphasize society above family and does make a point that that is to be our priority, that whenever we are focused just on our relationships with our immediate family and not for the good of society, that we are focused incorrectly. And so herein lies a universal truth with the teachings of Jesus. One thing that differentiates Christianity, however, from Buddhism is that we don't go this way alone. In the strife that we face, however it might come, we have one who is with us. The triune God is with us throughout all of the difficulties. We are reminded in today's gospel that we are more of more value than the sparrows. And God cares immensely for the sparrows. Not one falls to the ground without God's awareness of it. And that God knows us so well that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head. That emphasizes to each of us that God knows us better than we even know ourselves. And so as we go through the challenges and chances and changes of life, we have one who companions us, who walks alongside with us, so that we are not alone. That is what's offered to us in Christ. We come here together in worship to acknowledge and to celebrate that gift to us, that Christ is with us in all things, 
even in the difficulties of life, that we don't go through them alone. We go through them with one who loves us, with one who values us, with one who knows us more deeply and intimately than we even know ourselves. This is the good news that we are empowered to share in the world. That as we go out to share the good news of God in Christ, looking to bring about more fully what we think God wants for us as his creation, we do this with God's love around us, God's love in us, and God's love so that we can share it with others. That is what we're invited to do. We don't go into this world alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.